The following podcast is a production of Radio Felician, the voice of Felician University of New Jersey and the home of alternative rock done right. Available via iHeartRadio. Tune in, the Radio Felician app, and at RadioFelician.com. Radio Felician University. Welcome to the Felician Lantern, shining a light on everything nursing. A podcast from Felician University in New Jersey, exploring current issues in healthcare, speaking to leaders in the field, and preparing the next generation of nurses. Your hosts are Dr. Daria Wazak and Dr. Elizabeth Van Dyke, Associate Deans of the Felician University School of Nursing. Welcome to the Felician Lantern. I'm Daria. And I'm Liz. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. And I would be remiss if I wasn't, I wouldn't point out the fact that um, the recording of this podcast um, is actually on Nurses Week. So very poignant, our special guest today, Dr. Melinda Weber. She's a Felician University alumni of our DNP program. She's going to introduce herself in just a bit. But uh, the theme of today's podcast is um, focused on the growing specialty of oncology nurses and the science that's behind that and um, the needs and uh, what we can do as a nursing profession to support um, this very special component of, of nursing. So uh, we really hope to uh, get so much out of this, and we're so thankful for you, Dr. Weber, for joining us. Maybe you could take a few minutes and introduce yourself. Sure, and thank you both. This is a real honor to be here, and if there's anything that I can say or do to excite my colleagues to want to become oncology nurses, I'm thrilled to do it. I'm uh, considered a fossil, I guess, by most standards. This year will be 40 years as a registered nurse and 37 of those spent in oncology. I've been um, honored to work with some giants in the field and my colleagues are absolute uh, angels, smart, kind, compassionate. They live uh, in what, as we were raised in faith, say they live in a state of grace even though they're not aware of it. So uh, I'm very proud to work with the colleagues that I work with, and I work at the John Thera Cancer Center, and I've been there for close to 22 years, and I've watched it grow from this small unit to this amazing center where we simply give outstanding, personalized, reality, compassion-based, science-based care. Our phase one clinical trials, the changes that I've seen in my career there have been mind-boggling. And oncology, for many nurses, it's not uh, just one simple thing you study and learn and grow. It's kind of like critical care, ICU research-based, creative thinking, humanity, all of those pieces put together in one single moment with one single patient at one single time throughout their journey. Um, I've also been very humbled to watch amazing bravery and strength in my career from my patients. I think that I have learned so much about life that I could never learn in a textbook from watching their struggles and their journeys and what it really means to be a patient, what it really means to endure, what we can only imagine, and the strength and dignity that all of them have during these times and trials is amazing. As most people think that oncology nursing may or may not be grim and that it all leads to end-of-life care and hospice, 
That's not exactly true, and that's certainly, uh, I mean, that's the reality for all of us, right? We're born, we live, we die. So that outcome happens for us all. But in oncology nursing right now, thanks to immuno-oncology checkpoint inhibitors and amazing science where brilliant physicians and researchers have uh, discovered that what we've done all along is probably not the best recipe to help cure people that if you study each individual's genetics of their individual tumor, not as what FDA approved that we've done for a million years and we continue to do, that's the Einstein theory of insanity, right? To do the same thing over and over again, expect different outcomes, it just doesn't happen. So at a lecture, I looked over at this one amazing researcher, Dr. Albatar, and he figured out a way to study not just the DNA of the tumor, but the RNA of the tumor and look for weak spots that we can take advantage of and to kill and attack each person's individual tumor based upon the genetics and the defects of their own cancer, not a standard cookie cutter way to treat patients. So for younger nurses looking for something exciting that's new, that's different, that has a sacred impact into the life of people with the diagnosis like cancer, that's growing and changing and evolution of everything from CAR T cells, the amazing things we've learned to do with bone marrow transplantation, and the list goes on and on. This is the profession for you. And to have the greatest impact, I think, on patients' lives, their loved ones, their families, that entire family unit, how you as an individual nurse can affect somebody in that moment of desperation and terror, especially with social determinants of health being issues, this is definitely a career choice I would encourage nurses to look at. This is the Felician Lantern, shining a light on everything nursing. Melinda, you talked about it being maybe thought of by new nurses as being a grim area to work in, or certainly cancer can be a very scary topic. What is it like working in oncology? And can you share with us kind of a story or meaningful moment that you've experienced? Uh, back in 1980, when I was a freshman in the diploma program in a nursing school, uh, most nurses today would not believe this, but we were told that if we said to a patient and discussed that they had cancer, or you said, quote unquote, the C word, that there were colleagues that were terminated for doing that. Because if families did not want you to say that, they had this magical thinking, if you told a patient they had cancer, then they would lose all hope and die. So I've seen in my lifetime that insanity, and I can only imagine the desperation and loneliness of patients at that time saying nothing and keeping the quote-unquote stiff upper lip up until whatever happened, their outcome, to now where palliative care, supportive care services, uh, psycho-oncology, there's all these specialties to help people maximize their strength, determination, and support systems have the greatest possible outcomes. To see that in my lifetime is miraculous. The grim outcomes what a nurse's role in that would be or what you think is that every single person that comes to you, and I will make all my Felician uh, professors and all my formative uh, Irish Catholic background folks smile, but it's so true. That relationship that you have with that one patient is sacred and all unto its own. And it's that relationship from which all things happen. And it's that relationship with nurses that keeps patients faithful, on trial, uh, positive, manages support symptoms, gives them faith and hope and belief, is the voice of reason to a panicked phone call. Um, and in my world, checkpoint inhibitors are miracle drugs. And when the patient calls and they understand their therapies and what happens, and you can mitigate terrible consequences and keep people on therapy, Cures happen in diseases I never thought in my lifetime that we would ever see cured. 
So the grim, that part that people think about oncology, it's really not. It is beyond uplifting. It is uh, an incredible sacred responsibility. It's something that you will remember every face, every time, every issue. And you're one person in that patient's world. How you can influence their outcomes is unbelievable. It's, it's so substantial and it's so fulfilling. And you literally can save lives. Now you mentioned that sacred bond between nurse and patient or client and family and, you know, the, the broader community that that family brings in. So what kind of qualities um, do you feel would make for a good nurse going into the oncology specialty? I think that knowing your limitations and what you can and can't bring forth, reaching out to a multidisciplinary team, meeting one-to-one with that patient and discussing their goals of care, not just in words that we learn in books, but what that really means in their lives, their children, their significant others, the people that they love, their prognosis, their stage of cancer, what treatment they're going to have to undergo. And when you have experience, you know what toxicities and side effects that's going to bring forth and what that's going to mean to that patient's life. If it's a single mother who's living in poverty, who has three children, who is the sole support of those children, what does that mean? What is your role in that? So the qualities of an oncology nurse absolutely have to be, besides incredibly bright, didactically bright, and understanding uh, the mechanisms of action, these drugs, and what all those things really mean for that patient. That's huge. Um, What the terror of an MRI means for that patient. Being able to afford a copay for medication for that patient, looking at compliance for that patient, you have to really put yourself as best you can in their shoes. Nursing, we love to use the word empathy, but I don't think 99% of us understand a single thought and can never truly practice empathy because we have no idea what that's like to be in their shoes. But you can always practice compassion. And you can always reach out to your colleagues in a multidisciplinary team to figure out what that looks like. So the qualities of a really good oncology nurse, and I'm so blessed every day when I walk through the hallways of that building and I hear them in clinic and I hear them with patients and I hear their critical thinking and I hear where they're coming from way beyond the veil of, of the bravado that we put up every day. And there is a lot of bravado you put up every day. You have to uh, intelligently understand their course of therapy. You have to know what it means for that individual patient. You have to know the potential pitfalls and dangers and disasters that can happen. And you have to be the one to orchestrate all those things in place with your colleagues to have the very best outcomes for that patient and that family. Um, You have to understand critical thinking skills for sure. And I think that in my formative days before I devoted myself to uh, cancer care, Um, My background, emergency medicine, understanding some critical thinking, understanding what happens in ICU and CCU, you apply that instantly in the blink of an eye in the oncology setting. If somebody calls with a symptom and they're on a drug that can take their life and you find out that that symptom's been going on not for a day like they told you, but been going on for a week, you know automatically whether that patient needs to call 911, get to the emergency room, or if they're safe enough to come in and be treated by you. And those things are magical. When I watch experienced cancer nurses do that in the blink of an eye and save a life every day, and whether my colleagues or not realize it, they save these patients every day. But it's a very reciprocal, sacred kind of thing that happens that I don't think we ever take the time to appreciate or even name. It just happens. It's amazing. 
So would a new grad, if we have some listeners from our nursing program now graduating or soon to graduate, can they break into the oncology specialty or do they need to get some experience under their belt? Well, absolutely. We've, I've been very lucky to work with some amazing colleagues at Hackensack that we created a fast-track oncology nurse program um, that we've done for nurses, new graduates that have graduated. And once they successfully pass their boards and they're onboarded, we have uh, an intensive program where they're nurtured. Um, it's a completely different mindset where they're nurtured as colleagues um, in med surge, good background experience and what that looks like, inpatient oncology, what that looks like. And then eventually, if they wanted to work in the outpatient uh, setting as a clinic nurses are second to none. They are absolutely amazing men and women. And what they do for our patients, it's breathtaking and it's beautiful. Um, then they could buddy up with the nurses in the clinic. And yes, they can decide at that point, do they want to go back to school to become a, an oncology nurse practitioner? Do, is there any specialty they want to look for? Do they want to go into research? Are they interested in women's health? Are they interested in pediatric oncology? We have amazing pediatric oncology program, and, and my dear colleague uh, that works in the Children's Center is amazing. So the world of oncology is vast and it's broad. It's exciting. Re oncology research is amazing. I think that if I had to do it all over again, I would probably uh, stick to a phase one intensivist. But the future is bright, and we definitely welcome new graduates, and we nurture them and role model every step of the way with preceptors that are kind and positive and give of themselves and treat them like colleagues uh, to be and put them under their wing and put them onto a career path in oncology that they want. So we definitely have to reach out to uh, new grads, and they should not feel intimidated that this is not an opportunity for them. You're listening to The Felician Lantern, shining a light on everything nursing. How do oncology nurses, because you've been in other areas of nursing, but how do they particularly support each other? Because, you know, there is that um, uh, burnout and there is that, you know, mental distress that kind of will come uh, with with taking care of, of, of some of these patients. So, how do how do nurses kind of rally together? How do you see that, especially from your vantage point? Um, years ago, when I first graduated, there was an always uh, it was an old saying that nurses devour their own, and that they're not very nurturing to new grads, and uh, people have to try you know prove themselves before they'd be accepted. Um, I'm very very grateful to report that that has not been my experience with my colleagues, and. Um, when I, with my colleagues that I work with now, formative to my role now as a director of care transformation and uh, charge APN in the skin and sarcoma division with my great physician colleague and, and my nursing colleagues in that division, I was a foolish or crazy nurse manager for over a decade. And if you want to learn about life, try management. Wow. Um, and try to maintain your, your, your composure and keep your head on your shoulders. But um, I tried very hard to always create an environment where people learn to be kind and respectful of each other. And when you have the opportunity to hire new employees, you expect that they have all the credentials and they're smart and they graduated well and they really are prepared for this role. But the people you want to bring to your collective family, and I consider those people in that building my extent, then my family at work. I have family at home, my family at work, but they are my family. You always want to make sure you bring to the fold people that are kind, respectful, and approachable. And if someone doesn't have those three qualities, they have no business in oncology nursing. 
And how do we support each other? It can be as crazy as picking up a phone and making a sound to somebody and let a silly sound hang it up. It could be as crazy as someone, I will get frequent phone calls from my colleagues that always starts, hey, you got a minute? And I'm like, oh, that's never a good one. <laughs> hey, you got a minute? Can I come down to your office? Hey, you got a minute? That's, that's usually, uh-oh. Um, and those, hey, you got a minute uh, moments are, and I'm using the word again, they're sacred. Because someone is trusting me with their fear, their anxiety, a personal life crisis, a tragedy, something that's happened. And for whatever reason, I'm a safe space. So when I'm that safe space, it's probably one of the more proud moments that I have in my career. So that's how we support each other. It doesn't have to be these big, bold gestures. It doesn't have to be written letters, whatever. It means that when all of us have that, hey, you got a minute moment, you absolutely make that minute. Especially for vet, veteran oncology nurse practitioners and clinicians who've been in the field for a long time. When they're saying that to you, there's something significant happening. And it could be a young patient who's actively, disease has taken off and they're actively dying. It could be a family situation. It could be a conflict in the staff. It could be a conflict with their uh, peers. It could be anything. But if they're that uh, trusting and open and childlike to come to you, childlike, not childish, childlike, innocent, looking for support and guidance, you take that as, as, as a, a real compliment and you own it and you fix it. Nurses need to do that for each other. We have a, a career path that no one, no one can understand unless they do it. And it's not something you just sign on because it looks good and it might pay well. You have to have the indelible spirit in your soul that you know that you're going to touch people in a way in their life where they're there at their most vulnerable and that they need, they need your shared humanity to get them through it. So um, we have a legacy of healing and nurturing that goes back for centuries um, beyond Florence Nightingale and people. Uh, Florence Nightingale was profound. Um, it's just a mindset of what we do. It is, and it sounds hokey, but it's so true. It's not just a job application. It's a calling. And either you have the ability to do that or you don't. Um, there's really no in-between. When I was a freshman nursing student and you had to realize the reality of being a mammal, being a human being, the biological needs of caring for patients alone, that is daunting. And when you can do whether it's post-mortem care or to clean a patient and do it breathlessly, sacredly, responsibly, and in a way that inherently shares your respect and dignity for the patients that trusted you to care for them, um, that's not a job application. That's something that either you're born with and you have that calling to do or you don't. And um, we just have to open our doors because, as you know, covid uh, has created a big gap in healthcare and a lot of issues, and um, not a lot of people are signing on to want to go to school to learn this for whatever reasons. But people who have that shared respect of humanity, and I always say, despite the world around us, we live in an age of miracles. And if you want to be a part of somebody's miracle, and you have, you feel you have the calling to be a nurse, then you need to become a nurse. And you need to do it in a place and environment that brings out the best in you. And you need to find your second family to work with and practice it every day. And I've met many of the colleagues that you have, and they're phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. And this is a perfect way to end 
this podcast on Nurses Week. And I want to take a minute just to thank you, Melinda, for being here. Um, It's always a pleasure, always so much to learn from talking with you. And um, thank you for talking to our audience about the beautiful and um, it's it's a privilege to work in oncology. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you. And uh, Francis would say, Pax et Bonum. Thank you, guys. This podcast has been a production of Radio Felician, the voice of the Franciscan University of New Jersey. Visit us anytime at radiofelician.com. Want to send an email? Reach out at radiostation at felician.edu. Radio Felician, the Falcon.